welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who loves the Borderlands franchise and rise against, and he might or might not have some tattoos, you know, with some of the, the fandom there, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how's it going tonight? Richard Logan Clark. It is uh it's a phenomenal night. I am uh I just watched uh Minotaka Murakami hit a walk-off double to have uh to send Japan to the championship game against the United States. So that was uh that was an awesome game against ooh, Mexico. Ooh. Um but uh hey, we can be a Murakami fan. He's going to be a free agent in a couple of years. So But um, but I'm a Randy gotta... Rosarena fan. Okay, well, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but anyways, Japan and the United States for the championship will be upcoming. But uh, man, that's been a, that was a phenomenal game. It was a really good game. So I'm doing really well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I got I got one question. Was the Mexico-Japan game better than USA's last two games? Well, I felt like the Cuba game was a little boring in a way just because, you know, us one big but uh i mean i that trey turner home run and the grand slam in the last game against uh uh i can't even name it. it's basically venezuela. venezuela yeah no that was uh that was peak that was the best part of the tournament for me anyways was that was uh that was awesome to see that happen how a guy leaves a, how a guy leaves an o2 a ball over the plate at an o2 like that is wild but um no that was super exciting so did you no. watch that did you watch that live I, I did. I did. I was at work and I, I started going, you've got to be kidding me. And the people at work were going, what are you talking about? Cause I was just talking to myself. So yeah, mm-hmm. it was good to watch. I, you know, it, we've said it the last couple of weeks, but the, the fact that the players are going in there and this means something to them mm-hmm. just makes for really great baseball. You know, even, even in the blowouts, no one's given up. It's a hundred miles an hour the whole time. I mean, unfortunately, there has been some injuries, which, you know, we're going to touch on coming up. But, um, you know, I, I couldn't have asked for a better tournament. Um, probably one of the best World Baseball Classics that I remember watching, honestly. So it was uh, it's it's been that good. So um, many more base, World Baseball Classics, hopefully, you know, in the coming years, but. Before we get into anything, thank you, thank you, thank you guys for coming back, taking time to listen to the podcast. Our returning listeners, welcome back. New listeners, hey, thanks for choosing the Forks Down podcast. Uh, We seem to be growing weekly. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, we got to shoot our first ad. Um, So that was pretty cool. So um, you you guys will hear that before before the show starts every week, Um, at least until I have to shoot another one. So, um, you know, definitely, definitely keep listening. We're, we're getting better. And again, baseball, you know, regular season's almost here. So, you know, stick with us. We're going to be covering the Mariners once, if not twice a week. And, and it's going to be fun. So, um, if you haven't already hit like, or subscribe on our Facebook pages, Facebook, Instagram, you can find us there. Just search Forks Down Podcast. Um, you can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app. Um, I know Anchor is now Spotify for podcasters. Um, so, you know, if you guys listen through there, just um, realize that they did switch. So 
Um, but yeah, every if you hit like or subscribe, you'll get notified. Um, new episodes dropping, and you know, honestly, it helps us out if you hit five stars. You can just put some some drivel down in the bottom below five stars if you want to comment towards us, you know. But the five stars helps us um, kind of get a little bit more visibility on the board. So you know, help us out, do that, and we'll we'll help you guys out by bringing you guys the best uh, Mariners coverage that we can. So. With all that being said, God, I, I feel like every week that's becoming more and more of a mouthful. So um, with that being said, um, you know, we we're just talking about the World Baseball Classic. Um, Trey Turner, Grand Slam to grab the lead in the Venezuela game. But I, I feel like the big thing that came out of kind of the last week of games is the Edwin Diaz uh, injury. He, uh, for those of you that don't know, um, he closed out the game beating the Dominican, which big game for Venezuela. I mean, Dominican was the number one team in the tournament. And, um, during celebrations, Eddie Diaz, uh, got jumped on by his teammates, ends up hurting his knee. Um, and, and is actually now out for the season, you know, um, didn't look good on camera, but Bo, I, I, I'm telling you, we we talk about you know when he got the uh, the big contract that he uh, you know relievers are very volatile and and it looks like he's going to be sitting out the first year of his contract now. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the first year of the contract, probably the most valuable year he probably has left on the. Con- I mean, statistically, probably the most valuable year he has left on the contract, just given how young he is, but. Um, and now there's this whole, um, you can call it discourse, but, uh, I mean, the whole idea of the WBC is the WBC, a good thing Did the WBC, you know, end up doing this to, you know, if the WBC didn't happen, this would have happened to Edwin Diaz, yada, yada, yada. It's kind of the same thing we talk about when we get nervous with like Julio or Matt Brash or somebody else going to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the, the the thing you could say is like, oh, I'm glad it's not us, right? Like, I know that sounds bad, but like, I'm glad it's not us. I'm glad we got Julio and um, Teoscar and Eugenio and Matt Brash all back, you know, safely in town. But um, it sucks, man. I feel like it sucks if you're a Mets fan and um, especially if you're Edwin Diaz coming to that first year of that contract and the Mets putting the investment into them like they did. Um, mm-hmm. And it just makes me wonder this. I mean, the next WBC that comes up, it's inevitable that someone's going to bring up Edwin Diaz and they're going to use point to Edwin Diaz and tell him that, you know, this is the reason you shouldn't play in the WBC. So like, I'm worried what this means for future WBCs. If it is going to turn more to like a, what it was in the past and like the Olympics was just like college players and, you know, using like the players aren't really assigned with teams to do that. Like that's kind of where I'm worried this might be going. Um, but uh yeah, I don't know. I has to be worrisome, and then we can talk about the other guy who got hit by a pitch during um, the you know Venezuela game by Daniel Bard, and you know the issues that he's going to have now too. But kind of the same thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, if they wouldn't have gone to the WBC, it's just as simple as that. Hey, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have been in these these scenarios. Like that's the way I'm looking at it. So, what are your what are your little thoughts on that? Uh, well, I I think you know. By the way, who you were alluding to is is your favorite player, Jose Altuve. I think you love him more than you love Mike Trout, but um, <clears throat> I I don't know. I feel like injuries happen all the time, regardless. You know, you could be 
just trying to ground a, a field, a, you know, a ground ball in the field, and you could get hurt just as much as you're, you know, trying to beat out a throw to first base or, you know, injuries happen. Um, injuries probably shouldn't happen while celebrating. Um, you know, that's kind of different. I, I, I kind of feel that's the big difference in Eddie Diaz getting hurt and Jose Altuve getting hit by Daniel Bard, you know, two kind of completely different situations. Um, I really hope that it doesn't, you know, take away some of the um, drive for players uh, to to go support their countries during the World Baseball Classic. Um, Nolan Arenado, um, you know, made a comment, I think, yesterday. And we're shooting this on Monday, so like Sunday, maybe Monday morning-ish, talking about, um, you know, players should take the opportunity to represent their country if, you know, they have the opportunity to because that's, you know, he's he said of how much of amazing time he's had. And, and like I said, you can really see it on the players' faces when, you know, they're playing these games. Shohei Otani, before we hopped on, hit a double you were like, that is more emotion than I've ever seen from him, you know, and we, we watch a lot of games with him because he, you know, is in the same division as the Mariners. So, um, I feel like the only people that would stop it going forward would be the MLB teams. And I, I really feel they would get some backlash from that, but at the same time, you know, they're the ones paying these players, you know, um, they're not necessarily going out to the World Baseball Classic and making money. You know, Eddie De- Diaz is supposed to make $100 million in his contract, probably, what, $20, 30000000 million this first year, and he's, you know, the Mets are paying him to be on the sidelines. So yep. you know, I really hope there's no backlash from team owners, GM, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, it's just – it's a tough break, you know, for, for both players because – you know they're both competitors. As much as you want to love on Jose Altuve, he's a he's a competitor, and you know it just you know it's funny that he's out eight to ten weeks, but kind of sucks as well. Uh, kind of sucks, and we can talk about maybe what it means for the Mariners. I think it actually does have some more implications than um, maybe we just like see on the surface there. Um, but, uh, I know Scott Boris had some opinions that he was talking about the WBC and the agents probably have a, you know, a hand in that as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's tough for me to say, cause it's like, I know that, I know that the WBC is looked at spring training in some way, but also it's like Daniel Bard's not trying as hard to strike out guys in spring training as he is in, you know, the WBC. Right. So like there is that element of it that. Um, it's not like spring training in a lot of ways because it is, does mean so much more. So, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know what the future is going to be. It might be more of like, um, cause, cause I think, you know, Clayton Kershaw was supposed to pitch for the USA and there was a whole thing about his insurance and he couldn't get insured. And, um, the daughters wanted to protect like that essentially. And mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a lot more of that in the future where, you know, the Mariners take out an insurance policy. If Julio Rodriguez gets injured during the WBC or something like that. So mm-hmm. I wonder if there might be some kind of more like that, if they actually really, really, if players really, really want to go and there's, you know, a lot of money invested in these guys. So I think that might be more of that in the future, but we'll see. Yeah. And, one of the one of the things that surprised me was um, 
something I saw, Nick Martinez, pitcher for the U.S., um, he, he had a very not-so-great World Baseball Classic, but he wasn't scheduled to pitch again. You know, he's a starter. Um, he went back to spring training. You know, USA is in the championship game. Um, you know, it, they advanced and, and blew out Cuba and beat Venezuela. Nick Martinez is not there because he's not scheduled to pitch. So I feel like a lot of these guys, you know, especially, you know, you know, some of the USA guys, they could probably get out of there and go back to their teams, you know. Um, but uh, no, it's just, you're probably nailing it on the head. Probably more insurance policies. I really hope that, you know, players still get a go because you could just tell that they love it. It's a good time. Randy Rosarena has been running around in either a sombrero or a Lucha Libre mask and, and, that's like the, been the best part of the World Baseball Classic. So, unfortunately, you know they lost to Japan, but we won't we won't go there. We we'll go we'll go back to the positives. You know, like the USA advancing to the championship game. Yeah, but on that note, okay. So who do you got? Who do you got tomorrow night? We're shooting this on Monday, so we got um, Tuesday night Japan and the United States. Who's your? What's your? Who takes it all? I think Japan does. I I think USA would have a better shot with Mexico, even though Mexico was their one loss. You know, it's really hard be- beating people a second, third time in tournaments, you know, throughout the course of it. So um, Japan's just a really, really good team. And uh, I'm sure they're going to have one of their fabulous pitchers that could throw 100 plus on the mound. So um, I don't know. Who the pro? Oh well, I know Merrill Kelly's starting for the USA. Do you? We know who's starting for Japan. Is it Shohei? Uh, I don't know if we do know yet. It, it probably is Shohei. I would imagine. I yeah. At least I would think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, who do you got? I mean, I'll, I'm taking Japan. I I'm figuring you're taking US. Oh yeah, the, the offense is locked in right now. I feel like. I feel like the offense is what we said was coming into the world baseball classic, the USA strength. And I think that's, what's going to, what's going to carry him to the, to the championship there. Do you think Trey Turner hits another home run tomorrow night? Seems pretty locked in. Seems pretty locked in. So, um, we'll guarantee it, but, um, I think there'll be some, I think there'll be some bombs in that game for sure. And I think us, I think USA, USA takes it. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, we will have to revisit this. Next week when we shoot, <laughs> but um, that's World Baseball Classic coverage. Let's let's go into the Mariners. You know we're we're very very much approaching the regular season, and uh, you know the uh, the rosters are kind of starting to fill out. Um, I know I sent you some text messages, Bo, as I was kind of hearing them. Um, a lot of people got reassigned to minor league camp today. Uh, you know, J.B. Bukakis, Bryce Miller, Jose Rodriguez, Harry Ford, Leo Rivas, Keen Wong all got assigned to minor league detail. Uh, Emerson Hancock, Brian Wu, Zach Deloach, Caden Posovich, uh, can't say his last name, reassigned to minor league camp. And then Drew Ellis got released. Um, any shocks there? Any Anyone that you're kind of shocked about? Um. Can't say I am. No, I don't think there's anybody that really stuck out to to me on there. Um, you know, Bryce Miller is somebody we've mentioned that um, he might be uh, back sooner than than we uh, sooner rather than later, maybe potentially. So just to keep an eye on there, 
I don't think they said where they, and they probably have it somewhere where exactly they were getting assigned, but I would assume Bryce Miller is going to go to, to double a, yeah, um, I would that's, so. and, um, yeah, double a is the Mariners triple a pitching wise. If you think about it that way. Um, so, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll see him back sooner rather than later, but, um, no other real surprise. Anybody there that surprised you? Nope. Nope. Uh, I know I saw, I shot you a message back saying I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Bryce Mower in May or June. Um, I would assume guys like uh, Zach Deloche and Emerson Hancock, Brian Wu probably went to double A. Um, I could see Keen Wong being in triple A being like one of those uh, taxi squad players. Cause that's all triple A is right now is just taxi squad. You're kind of, there if the Mariners need you, especially since they're in Tacoma, you just, you know, drive down, uh, what is it? I five. Am I, am I in the ballpark there? Drive down I five to the stadium. Yes. Tacoma. Yep. Yep. So yeah. Um, yeah, no surprises, but, um, you know, I kind of actually might be surprised by Keen Wong. I don't know if he was going to make the team, but with, um, you know, Dylan Moore suffering that oblique injury, um, he's certainly not going to be ready for opening day. Uh, Keen Wong might have a shot to kind of, kind of make the team, but um, I know we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but what did you see? Did I, how did Dylan Moore get hurt? I I wasn't very clear on how he got hurt. Um. So, uh, in a um continuing pattern, it seems like he was. It's an oblique strain, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like the oblique. I feel like everybody's had an oblique strain. This like I feel like like Cade Marlowe had an oblique strain. There's a couple others and the other couple other teams had oblique strains, but um yeah, I'm trying to think of it. I think you know, I think he had off season surgery. Um and I think he just kind of came back and wasn't quite ready for the season, it seemed like, or quite ready where he what he wanted to be at. And I think it just kind of, you know, the oblique kind of flared up there. So um yeah, I don't know. I don't quite know what to think of all this. Um, I think it's I think the part that's a little concerning to me is like he um, it's kind of like when he comes back, when he actually comes back in a couple of weeks. Right. He didn't really get a spring training ramp up. Right. Like he's going to be right in the middle of the thick of the season. So mm-hmm. um, that's a little concerning to me that, um, you know, maybe those first couple of weeks of the season, it, t- it kind of takes still more a little bit more time to take off the rust or maybe they put him into Tacoma for a couple of games on a rehab assignment. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, um, it, uh, and the Mariners just kind of signed it to him that to that extension as well. So it's, um, I don't know. It's a little concerning to me because I also don't really know he was supposed to be a major platoon partner with um, Colton Wong. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, when I saw that um, definitely didn't think it was, uh, you know, I thought it was uh, just a kind of a, slap against kind of what we kind of thought this mirror team was going to look like at the start of the season anyways. And um, yeah, I don't quite know where we go with that extra bench spot now though. So that's kind of where I'm, you know, what do we do? You laughed at me last week when I said we should go get IKF. Um, Isaiah kind of Falefa from the Yankees. Um, I feel like that's I'm, still a possibility. I'm still, laugh- I'm still laughing at you. I still like that's still very much a possibility. I can throw out another name now and you'll probably laugh at me even more and call me a homer. But I think Nick Madrigal is a name that's out there now and the, the Cubs could use some pitching. So um, go Beavs for all my uh, all my Oregon State fans there. Um, but uh, I mean, there's a couple of names out there that might be floating around. Um, mm-hmm. 
but I, I think that the maybe the I think the probably likely scenario is the Mariners just roll with Mason McCoy at you know backup second base shortstop whatever for the time being and I don't know I don't know if that's the right way to go but um yeah how are you how are, how do you feel about the whole the whole Dylan Moore side of things the backups and you know where do we go from here it it sucks for Dylan Moore I mean he was very very much going to be a part of this. Uh, this team and and now it's you know he's not going to be there for opening day um like you said he's going to have some rust because he really didn't have a spring training you know so it could be it could be well into june before he starts playing you know halfway decent baseball um you know one thing that we did see you know is mariner signed doino de shields during a to a minor league contract but i don't think he's a a second baseman type anymore maybe Maybe he could play up there. I thought he was an outfielder, but um, you know, if if we're having to turn to guys like Mason McCoy, I I do feel Mason McCoy earned it this spring. You know, he he played some really good baseball, um, but you know, I, I laughed you out of the building last week for Isaiah Kleiner Falefa, and now you're saying Nick Madrigal. Um, I think that's probably the assumption now that someone is going to get traded for one of those guys. Um, obviously IKF has been getting a lot of the talk. Um, who do we trade for him? Uh, I think it comes down to either Marco or Flexen, and you're probably going to, they're probably going to ask for the one that has more trade value, which in my mind probably would be Flexen. So, um, you know, we're, we're probably losing a pitcher out of that deal. If we do trade for someone, um, I, yeah, I don't know. I hope he comes back quickly. I know it's going to be at least May and I hope he comes back better than ever, but you know, I'm, I'm kind of worried about where we're, where we're heading because it just, it seems like we're lacking middle infielder help right now. You know, we saw JP go down last week with a, uh, a, uh, what do we call it? Soggy shoulder. I think it was announced as, uh, mm-hmm. so I don't know. It just, it, the middle of the infield, is really, 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 really got me worried right now. But um, not as worried as Mariners fans were today. Um, I know you even texted me about our boy JK, Jared Clinic. He's he's continuing to shine. Um, got pulled out of the game today. Um, everyone from the Mariners subreddit to Twitter to even Facebook groups said, Oh my God, we just traded Jared Kalinick. And that was certainly not the case. Um, he got a minor injury that I don't think, I think with all the injuries we're battling right now, I think Scott was just like, we're going to take you out and, you know, we're going to just take you out caution, you know, for caution and reasons and, and whatnot. But um, I know you were one of the, uh, the few that was like, what the heck is going on with JK right now? I feel like I was reacting to everybody else react to it. And everybody's like, what is this? What is going on here? Did we just trade for Brian Reynolds? Is he out for the season? What is going on here? And uh, I think the, I think this time next year, I'm going to have to ask you where you were during the great Kalenic scare of 2023. I know. But no, I mean, that's super positive for Jared, right? Like people are, uh, people are invested in him now, given just his spring performance thus far. So yep. 
uh, credit to him. Um, but, uh, hopefully I, I seems everything else, everything's fine. I think it was just real precautionary. Um, that's I mean, the word the, I was this, looking for, by the way, precautionary it kept uh, saying caution, 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 precautionary. There's the word I was looking for. Thank you, Bo. I mean, at this point, I feel like he could just play like a couple of two more games or something like that and kind of coast into opening day like with what he's earned so far. So, oh yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah, no, a good little fun today for the Mariners community. Um, but uh, yeah, fun, I mean, fun in quotation marks, fun very fun. heavy quotation marks. Yeah, fun. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, just a testament to that guy. That guy's been I mean, you know what? At this point, I, at this point, I want to talk about Jared Keldick every week. I, so I do. Um, too. I uh, do too. I mean, the opponent quality is still high on him. He's uh, he had that big triple off of Jacob DeGrom the other day. So, um, I mean, he just continues to hit the ball. I feel like every single box score you check when it's the game's not on TV, right? It's one for three or two for three or something like that. He just continues to hit most home runs on the team. Um, I'm just going to pull it up here. I think probably the highest batting average on the team for like guys that have, you know, consistently been in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, 421, 450 on base, 900 slug. I mean, you know, you can't ask for, for much more than that. So he's, uh, I mean, everywhere in this, everywhere in the box score, he's lighting it up. So, um, mm-hmm. hope it continues. Yep. 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 Um, you know, other, other notes that we have world baseball classic ended for a bunch of people that, you know, teams didn't advance. So, uh, we got guys like Julio, uh, Gino, Hey, Oscar Brash coming back. Matt Fest is coming back. Um, uh, Gino, uh, I feel it had a really good World Baseball Classic. Um, he he was a very big cog in the Venezuela wheel. Um, so I'm excited to get all these players back to kind of get them now ready for spring training. I know Julio, um, I haven't seen the other guys in the lineup, but I know Julio, I think, played the last spring training game. If I'm not mistaken, like he was slotted in leading off. So, I mean, yep. like didn't even miss a, a, you know, like just just got in the lineup. You know, it was kind of nice to, to see them back. Yeah, Julio got in there. I think it was on the game that wasn't televised on. I think it was Sunday. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in there. But, um, <clears throat> yep, Julio came right back in. Felt like he never left. And uh, same thing for the other guys. I think Harry Ford even got in on that game on Sunday too. So um, yeah, no, the, the boys are back in town um, and uh, getting a couple more reps before the season begins here. So um, I think, uh, you know, from, I, I think the guys in the WBC excited that they're all back, but I, I think for me, I think Aaron Goldschmidt named his like guys that have really stuck out in this uh in this short kind of spring training here. And, um, I think the one that, you know, I can agree with him more on right now is, uh, Robbie Ray. I think mm. Robbie Ray, I think the fastball, I think kind of everything is clicking at this point right now for him. Um, the fastball looks to be up a couple miles per hour. Um, so I say he's still mixing in kind of the two seamer and the sinker a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see kind of where that comes back, but he's definitely, you know, I think coming in before when we talked coming into spring training, he was the guy that I wanted to look have a good look at because just given you know how the season ended, obviously, mm-hmm. um, and so far so good. I mean, he struck out nine in four innings on that game against the White Sox. So um, I just think uh, I think Robbie Ray might be set up for some success for some success, anyways. Um, 
from mm-hmm. from what I can see for so far. And yes, it's spring training, but um, you know, point seven five our ERA is not too bad. Nothing, nothing to snuff at either. Yeah, I, you know, certainly did not have a great end of the season last year. That that Jordan home run makes me never want to see him face Jordan ever again. Um, but uh, you know, it's good spring training so far. Um, I do you know his opponent quality? Do they do that for pitchers? Um, do do we have a? Uh, they do his opponent quality. It's an eight point one, so it's that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty significant for you know who's probably going to be seeing this season. So, um, you know, good on Robbie Ray to kind of have a bounce back. He's certainly you know we, people can dog on him all they want. He's certainly going to be a big part of that rotation and a big reason, you know, that we're probably contending for a playoff spot every season you know so um it's good to see him back back, bounce back and hopefully it's back to his Cy Young form you know maybe he's still not there you know we we still got to see like you said he's mixing in the two-seamer mixing in the the sinker and um you know they could still throw him through a loop during the season but um you know spring training has been very very pleasantly surprised with him so um, the, the one other note that you have, Bo, and, um, I feel like you could kind of put this in your predictions, you know, since we're seeing the roster starting to take shape, um, Cooper Hummel, you know, we, we were very kind of up and down on him, not up and down, but we just didn't know if he was going to make the team. You know, he's certainly, a, you know, a guy that has options, um, as opposed to like Tommy Estella, who doesn't. Um, but you, you made a note that, uh, you think Cooper Hummel is making this team. Um, are, are you still, you, you know, I, I know you wrote this up a couple days ago. Are we still on the Cooper Hummel making this team train? Yeah. Um, it's really difficult for me to, so if I had my choice right now, I would say yes. Um, if I had my choice. Like I, I just think that he's he's got he's really valuable in terms of his position eligibility and what he's played so far this spring training. I feel like he's stuck out quite a quite a bit, right? Um, yeah, I think Goldschmidt named Kalenic, Hummel, and Robbie Ray as his top three players from the spring, um, and I kind of put that in like I hope that he makes the team just because he seems like a pretty likable guy, you know, from the Northwest mm-hmm. and all that. Um, I just, uh, I, I do wonder if the Mariners, if there's not a space for Cooper Hummel right now, cause I, I think we, I, mean, what, I think we should talk about it again. Just like Mason McCoy, Jose Cabrero. These are some guys that might have to fill in for the time being until Dylan Moore is back. Cause I don't really know if Cooper Hummel has a lot of other infield positions to play other than first base. If Cooper Hummel can play second base and third base, we're, we're really cooking with gas then, but, um, you know, Cooper Hummel's played, he's played catcher. He's played right field. He's played first base. He's played left field during spring training. So he's really trying to show that he can make this team and contribute to this team in any way he can. And I guess mm-hmm. for me, it comes back to like, I think Cooper Hummel is going to help you win baseball games. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I can say that for Mason McCoy or Jose Cabrero. Um, like these are a couple of guys I just don't know are going to help you win baseball games. I think Cooper Hummel is going to get you some big hits, play good, play good defense for you. And that's kind of why I want him on this team to start the opening, start the season. I think the the challenge to my own thought there might be just like, I don't really know 
Sam Haggerty's on this team regardless, right? And he's kind mm-hmm. of filling a little bit of he would be filling a little bit of a role of a Sam Haggerty. Tom Murphy's obviously on this team. Um, he would be filling a similar role. Cooper Hummel would be a good backup catcher, but Tom Murphy's mm-hmm. obviously there. So like I honestly I don't know where Cooper Hummel fits in right now. And that might be my only challenge to my to my own hope that he makes the team there. So how do you feel about that? I I certainly think he's probably the most versatile of our potential, you know, we'll call them bubble players, you know, because they're kind of on the bubble, you know, last four in, like, you know, NCAA tournament's going on right now. He's probably one of the last four in, you know, at this point. Um, It's kind of interesting. I can't remember if it was the televised game or the non-televised game on Sunday. Uh, Cole Calhoun was playing first. So Cole Calhoun's showing that he's got a little versatility. Um, And I, I feel like he would probably be his main competition because they play a lot of the same positions, you know, um, outside of catcher, obviously. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's just, I feel like we know who our starters are and then we know a couple of our backups, but a lot of our, our bubble guys, just they're very similar. And you are right. Cooper Hummel is, is, the type of guy that feels like he would make big hits for this team, help you win ball games, as opposed to, you know, McCoy or or Calvairo or, you know, maybe even Cole Calhoun. Maybe he's kind of, mm. you know, he's not all there. I don't know. It. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen, and you know, we're we're close to getting our answer. You know, spring training's almost over. March 30th is ten days away. You know, we're, right. we're going to get it soon, but I, I don't know. I so don't I, know. I think there's going to be a lot of movement this week um, and maybe in a lot of different ways. And I think we're going to have a better picture by the end of the week. Um, <clears throat> you know, we can, we can kind of come back around to it, but like the Yankees are going to have an internal meeting this week. It sounds like kind of discuss their roster a little bit, like if they're going to promote Anthony Volpe and what that might mean for like, you know, their shortstop and outfield situation, which obviously includes IKF. And um, I think that all, I think they'll also talk about their pitching situation and, you know, how comfortable they're feeling about, you know, Montas and, and Carlos Rodon. And if they need to go get more pitching and maybe out of that becomes some sort of conversation around Chris Flexen, I don't know, but um, yeah, there could be a whole wrench in this kind of thrown that, and that could be it too. Just like the Mariners, maybe the Mariners decide that Dylan Moore is out for a little bit longer than they intended, or he's not going to be ready. Just like you said, not till June. Right. So mm-hmm. maybe they, maybe they do try to do that more this week. And you know, if it's IKF, then IKF is, IKF's the guy, right? He's going to get the roster spot over Cooper Hummel. It's just, uh, yeah. Um, you know, he's had a good spring. Um, I think he'll be, I think he'll, I think he is, you know, going to be one of the first guys called up. Like if there's an outfield injury, if Sam Haggerty needs to go on the DL or Pollock or somebody like that, I hope Cooper Hummel will be one of the first ones to get the call at least right now. Anyways, I think that's kind of the state of things. I, I think we need to look at it the other way too, is if he makes his team, I feel like Cooper Hummel's the first one to get called down. If, you know, they have someone returning from the IL and they need a roster spot or, you know, he's got options. So, you know, we could look at it the other way. He's the first one, first one out, you know? Yep. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I'm I'm really excited to see what this roster is going to be. You know, I just, 
March, excuse me, I said June 30th. March 30th cannot come soon enough. It really can't. Yes, this, I mean, uh, technically, next week. Next week is open. Next week for next week is uh, mm-hmm. is baseball. Baseball is back. So um, and, and this week is MLB the show. So, mm. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, so, that's it for Mariner Spring Train coverage for this week. Um, Bo and I like to do some fun things once in a while, um, and and we've kind of done this one in the past, but it was kind of a post season post post season pre off season predictions so as as the season is fast approaching um bo and i we haven't revealed our list we made it a, a list of uh well i said bold predictions so mine are a little bit bolder but we did uh we did predictions for this coming season you know things that um we believe are going to happen, you know, as either the season progresses or, you know, throughout the whole season, stuff like that. So again, we have not seen each other's lists. So a couple of these could overlap, honestly, you know, um, and you'll probably get our reaction to that. Cause uh, when, when Bo and I do stuff like this and we don't look at each other's lists, uh, we usually overlap because we're, we're thinking the same thing. Um, what was it? During our AL predictions, the or, or the AL power rankings, wasn't it like our first seven were the same teams? We were we were pretty close up and down so, the up and down the list. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, you might see some similarities here, but I'm gonna let Bo start this off. So, Bo, give me your first bold prediction. Uh, make uh, prediction bold prediction, however you want to say it. Make it. Try to make it your most wild one in your the mind. Most wild one. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know if I can say this is wild, but um, I could go really bold with this. I'm not going to go as bold with this. Um, and then, you know, this is going to be fun. This is also going to tie into today's trivia question as well. So here we go. Ooh, ooh. Um, my first, notes. my first prediction is the Mariners have two starters that receive Cy Young votes. It's two starters that receive Cy Young votes. Are you going to put names on those or are you just leaving at two starters get Cy Young votes? I'm going to leave it as I'll go a little more bold. How does that sound? I will say I will say there's typically there's typically what like 10 or 11 people that get that get votes, right? I will say the Mariners will have two of the top seven vote getters for AL Cy Young Award. How does that sound? Okay. Two of the top okay. seven. I'm not going to put any names on there. I'm just going to say two of the top seven. Yep. Okay. I, I, I certainly agree with you because I think as it stands now, Yankees are kind of having problems. You could probably say the Astros would be the biggest competition. Um, I think the, the Mariners are going to have the best pitching staff. In the AL, you know, uh-huh. this isn't my first prediction, but um, I, I certainly see them having the best pitching staff in the AL, at least starting pitching. So I, I, I don't feel like that one is too bold. I think it could happen on a scale of one to 10, 10 being most likely to happen. I would put it in an eight. 
Uh, so I feel relatively confident in that one. Um, I think health is always just a factor to keep in mind with a lot of these things that could derail it. I felt like one was too easy. I think Luis Castillo is a is an easy pick to say that he might earn some Cy Young votes, but um, two is a little tougher, right? Robbie Ray's done it in the past. Obviously didn't do it as well as last year. And then Logan Gilbert and George Kirby, that's realistically who we're talking about. Very well could do it. We don't know, but... Um, we'll see. So I guess I said that this ties into today's trivia question. So I'll, I will get, keep, I'll keep mental notes on that one. Okay. Well, I will, uh, I'll give you a couple shots on this. Okay. Ready? So wait, wait, we're doing a trivia question now. Yeah. It's all ties together. So we got to tie it. Yeah. It all ties oh, together here. So shoot, yeah, we're, we're yeah. doing early, early trivia. Questions. It, all, it all ties together here. Who was the last Seattle Mariner to receive Cy Young votes? Hisashi Okuma. That's incorrect. I was going off the brain there. Dang it. It was, uh, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it, dang it. Um, give me a year, please. Well, how about this? I'll give you a hint. We've already said his name on the podcast today. Are you stumped? The year is 2018. Okay. Uh, I already said it. No, no. I said Mariner. God. It. It was a reliever in 2018. What? Reliever in tw- reliever in 2018. We've said his name Eddie on the podcast. It's, it's Eddie Diaz. God dang it. Good job. Well done. God well done. Well done. Well done. Uh, and I think for, for, for those keeping track at home, the the last time two Mariners received Cy Young votes was in 2013. And that was Iwakuma and Felix Fernandez. So there you go. Okay. That's fair. There you go. Okay. All right. So I, wasn't, I wasn't too far off there. Not too far off. No, not too far off. So, well, it's, it's funny because you're, you're sitting there saying, you know, trivia question ties in, you know, my first actually bold prediction ties into yours. Okay, hit me. So again, me. we're we're give we're, it to me. Give it to me. Let's go. George Kirby's going to be our number one starter next year. Wow. George like, Kirby's going by the end of the season or by by the, by the end of the season he's going to be our number one starter. What, what what would you define as number one starter? Like guy that takes the ball, you know, ALDS game, game one, one. Mm-hmm. takes the ball. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's got all the tools there. Um, I think, you know, probably outside of Luis Castillo last season, he was our best starter um, going into the playoffs. We certainly saw it. You know, he helped close out the Toronto series. And then he got the ball and pitched seven shutout innings against the Astros in game three of the ALDS. Um, you know, he went eight and five, 339 ERA last season. That's only going to get better. Um you know, mm-hmm. I th- I think he's gonna have a blow a three ERA. I could see two eight two nine, and he's not gonna walk a lot of people. You know, um, where he could get tied up since he doesn't walk a lot of people, he could probably start giving up the home run ball a little bit more. You know, cut- heaven forbid that happens. You know, but um, you know, I just I really like Kirby. I really like Kirby. I like him more so than than Gilbert, honestly, and I like Gilbert too. But I, I think George Kirby's going to be numero uno by the end of the season. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, 
you're going bold there. I like it. No, I, uh, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. I think that there's a lot of people that would think that George Kirby is kind of the, at least the number two starter right now. Right. Um, so, uh, and I, I think from a stuff standpoint, from a control standpoint, I may tend to agree with that. So, um, I think I could see it. I think, um, I'll still want to see, I still want to see a little bit of how, the pitch clock kind of comes to him in a, in a natural game to just to make sure, you know, that that's kind of working out how it is and see how it's going. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I could see that happening, especially if the changeup starts to develop a little bit better for, for old George Kirby um, could be a, could be a very dominant starter for the Mariners down the stretch. So I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, what is your second prediction Bo? Well, I'm, I'm real. I'm looking at this and I'm thinking that we probably need to come up with more offensive predictions, but I'll go to my next prediction. My next prediction is, um, Matt Brash is the closer by September. Matt Brash is the closer I, by September. I, you know what? I can see it. Um, okay. Here's the thing though. I'm going to, I'm going to question you on this because we've had this discussion before. Is he going to be the true closer or is he the guy that Scott, calls in like the Paul Seawald seventh, eighth, ninth inning when he needs to get the big out. Are we going true closer or are we doing getting the biggest outs? Menunos is still the still the big out guy. Or high leverage as you would put it, right? He's the guy. He's the guy. You're facing one, two, three of the Astros in the eighth inning. You've got a one run lead. You bring Menunos to face one, two, three of the Astros, right? Menunos mm-hmm. is still Nunos is still the best reliever that the Mariners have. If listen, if if the high leverage situation comes up in the ninth, put Menunos out there. Go for it. I'm talking about the guy that, you know, the what you would think of as your classical closer, like you want him to like finish the game for you in the game. Mm-hmm. Matt Brash is your guy. Basically, I'm essentially saying the role that Paul Seawall did have, Matt Brash is going to have that by by September in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, when I look at Matt Brash. I remember back, you know, during Felix's heyday, and um, I can't remember the article. It was sometime when we were in college, so somewhere between 2002 and 2014. um, They were talking the filthiest pitches in the MLB. And, of course, you know, guys like Kershaw, um, his curveball was on there. There's Rollis Chapman's fastball. Felix's changeup was on there and i i certainly think if they did that now um maybe not certainly now but by the end of the year i i think if they were to do that list matt brash's slider would be on there that thing is filthy he's just getting better with it um i i liked what i saw um what he did in the world baseball classic you know as little as it was it felt like um but uh yeah, I, I can I can agree with that. You know, I just had to question you because we've had that discussion before. High leverage, true closer. So just had to clarify on that. Right. Like, I guess under a, I guess when I say a classical closer or a true closer, that actually might you might have think maybe Manunas in that way, because Manunas is your guy like at the end of the game that you would want there. But high leverage guy best like the guy that i need an out right i'm going to menunos right that's that's still absolutely the guy i'm going for right but um mm-hmm. matt brash is the guy 
you know, you get the one, two, three of the, you get the one, two, three of the Astros out in the eighth. Matt Brash comes in to close that off in the ninth. That's the guy that I'm kind of thinking of. Exactly the guy that Paul Sewell has been playing the last couple of years. So, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you said before you gave this prediction that we need more offensive predictions. Because my next one is an offensive one. Um, and I'm I'm going to classify it as bold because uh, you're probably going to question it. So my next bold prediction, Gino Suarez does not regress this next season. I think he even does a little bit better than last season. My reasoning, I, he didn't have a great spring training, at least so far. 14 at-bats, 214 average, one home run, one RBI. He had a stolen base. That was kind of cool. Um, but, uh, I don't know, he, he was very clutch in the World Baseball Classic for Venezuela. Um, I asked you earlier where you were finding your World Baseball Classic stats. It was for Gino. Um, 14 at-bats in the World Baseball Classic, seven hits, uh, home runs, six RBIs, which the six RBIs was tied for the team lead with Salvador Perez. Um, 500 average, 533 on-base percentage, 714 slugging, 1.247 OPS. I know, you know, we're, we're not even in the season yet, but on arguably the biggest stage this spring, Gino, you know, was one of the best players on the field for his team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I saw that a lot of other people saw that. Um, I, I think it means, you know, he's just going to get better. Um, I mean, he's playing in Seattle. That was one of the things last season I was kind of worried about. How is his, how's he going to translate in playing in T-Mobile? Um, I think we saw that he played pretty well in T-Mobile, you know, very competent defensively third base, um, and then, you know, made some clutch hits. He was your MVP at the end of the season. Uh, dark horse MVP for the team at the end of the season. Not named Julio Rodriguez. So, um, I don't know. I think Gino, and he's only 31. Give it a couple years, then we might start seeing some regression. I don't think this season's the season for it. Yeah, no, I uh, I, I think we talked about last week, um yeah, I think everybody thinks about the shift really helping out the left-handers. Um, but I think we mentioned it last week, Juno was shifted, um, I think, 80% of the time, right, as a right-hander. And his Woba into the shift, right, was, um, you know, his Woba, he didn't really have a different, big of a different in the Woba with the no shift in the shift. But um, maybe there's a little bit of mental aspect that helps with that too. So I can see it. I think I still have, I still have a little bit of concern with, um, you know, the strikeout rate has gone up every year since 2017, right? So I do have a little bit of a concern about the plate discipline and just like the pitches that he's swinging at and just like if that is getting a little worse as he gets older. But um, I guess, it, you know, if he can perform at what he did last year, right, that's going to help this Mariner team out immensely, right? And then if you're talking about if Kelnick takes another step, um, I think Eugenio fills that good five, six hole where I think, I, I think he would be really, really good at in that five, six slot. Right. Um, I think that would be a really, really good spot for him. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I don't want to challenge it too much. I think it's a good pick. I think, uh, he could absolutely, um, you know, I think 
expanding upon where he went, maybe you might lose me a little bit there, but I love to be wrong. So I would love to be wrong in this case. So, um, no, I, uh, I like Eugenio. Um, and, uh, I think the shift might, the shift might help him a little bit there, the lack of shift for that is. So, um, good pick. I like it. You're on mute. So I'm going to go next. You're talking into, you're talking into the void. No one's listening to you because you're talking. Oh God. Void. Dang uh, it. I, <clears throat> I finally did that. I said, thank you. I said, yeah, thank you for making your, my good your lips thing. are moving, but nothing's coming out. Um, here we go. Uh, my next, my next bold prediction. Um, and I will, uh, I, um, I mean, we've talked, we've mentioned this numerous times, so I don't think it's going to be really come off as super exciting or super interesting, but I think that the, I think that they get something across the finish line. And I do believe that Seattle Mariners will acquire Brian Reynolds, um, in the summertime. Um, Mm. I, I, uh, I, uh, I think that there's a little bit of method to the madness with showing Bryce Miller a little bit, getting Bryce Miller out there, um, I think that, um, I, me personally, um, I didn't want to go as far to say as like the Astros might take a big step back in 2023, but mm-hmm. I don't think the Astros are going to be as good in 2023. And, um, there's just in my mind, I think that there's going to be a time when the Mariners are looking at this lineup and thinking of the things that they can do and, a guy like Brian Reynolds takes you to the next level. And yeah, he may have stepped, taken a little bit of a step back last year, but I think about the impact that Luis Castillo has had. And like, that seems like the next step that this manor team has taken. And I think Brian Reynolds can do that exact same thing on the offensive side. I think he can really fill a hole that the Mariners have needed for a long time. And it just feels like this just feels like a trade that I think the Mariners, I think they need to do. I think they need to do it. There's not a lot in the offensive on the, outfield side that's coming up through the through through the through the minors recently or lately or i guess you know in the future i should say right now anyways it looks like and i think that this is just uh i think they need to do this i think they need to take that next step and it's going to cost a lot probably but um in my mind i'm just looking at the lineup i'm looking at like what i would love to have one else there right and i think brian reynolds i think brian reynolds is the guy so um that's that's where I go. So, all right, rake me against the coals. What 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 do you think? I think I think you're on the right track. I don't necessarily think anymore it's going to be Brian Reynolds. I think if I know we acquired Colton Wong, um, you know, to platoon and and Dylan Morshirt. I think our big acquisition, and I don't even know who it would be at this point, um, you know, because the season just really shakes out sometimes a lot different, differently than it starts. Um, I think our midseason acquisition would probably be a middle infielder. Um, okay. Like I, I, I would certainly like Brian Reynolds. I feel like. The one thing in my mind that I'm kind of hung up on, um, you know, it's going to take a lot, but I don't certainly think that that trade package would include any, I mean, it could include Jared Kalinick, but I wouldn't include any of the other three guys who are probably going to be sharing time in that outfield. You know, the, the AJ Pollock's, the Julio's and the Teoscar Hernandez's. So I don't know where we would slot them in at. 
Mm-hmm. And he's certainly not the type of player to be DH. And Julio's a center fielder, so do you slot him in left? I, I don't know where we would slot him. But I think I you, I think you, I think you move Teoscar to DH, and I think you put Brian Reynolds in in right. Mm, okay. See, what that that would make sense, but I feel like if if it comes midseason and we have a bigger need for a middle infielder, I think that's where our resources are going. We and we very well could have a bigger need for middle infield. It wouldn't surprise me, but I, I and I think your I think your pick is right that it could be a middle infielder. I think where where my mind goes is that Colton Wong and Teoscar Hernandez are both going to be free agents at the end of the season. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to have to fill some holes anyways, right? And like you know, we're kind of going to be in the exact same spot that we were this last off season if both those guys decide to walk. So in my mind, I guess I'm thinking you know. If Teoscar Hernandez, if and I guess that this is a big caveat. I think if the Mariners do get to reassign, if the Mariners get to a point where they're going to resign Teoscar Hernandez, maybe they maybe they punt on Brian Reynolds and just kind of you know they have an outfielder for the next you know however many years they resign him for. So maybe that's a little bit of a caveating there of if they do that, maybe they don't go bit Brian Reynolds. But um, yeah, there's also ability to there's also a thought that maybe they go get a second baseman or another middle infielder. I could see that as well. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just kind of thinking, what have they been attached to in the past? What have they probably already had conversations on? And um, I think who's going to make the best impact for this team? And mm-hmm. um, Brian Reynolds is, uh, you know, they'll have him for the rest of this season. They'll have him for the next two seasons afterwards. Yeah. Um, I just think that that's uh, that's a big selling point to this to the Mariner team. Hopeful that they can it's, you know have somebody for the next couple of years. I I just like I said, I just feel like trades are so hard to call. Just because, you know, the start of the season, not, you know, towards the middle and then the end, our needs are going to be totally different. You know, I've seen, how many teams have we seen in the last five years that are in contending mode and they're getting ready for the playoffs and they have a great pitching staff, Mm -hmm. but they go, oh, let's go add another pitcher, you know? Yep. And and it, it helps them get over the hump and that's who you have you know, for the playoffs. So like I could see it being a pitcher, you know, mid season acquisition again, you know, mm. someone could get hurt. Logan Gilbert can get hurt. They could just decide, Oh, Marco and Flexen aren't cutting it. You know, we can bring in a another fifth starter that should be an ace on other squads. I don't know. It's just so hard to call. I don't think you're necessarily wrong because I would love Brian Reynolds in the lineup. I really would, but I just, I don't know. That's a good, bold prediction though. It's tough. Got his question. Got his questioning. It's tough to see. It's it's tough to like make you know. I think full sense of seeing it happening. I guess I think obviously there's a little bit of the fandom in it and hoping that it happens right. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just think that you know they made their big pitching acquisition last year. I think they're going to make a big you know offensive acquisition this time some year. If that is Brian Reynolds, great. Maybe it's somebody else. Okay. That makes sense. That was what? Number three for you? Number three. Yep. Okay. I've only got three, so I'm going to let you go a fourth because I, I want, I want my one to be the last one. That makes sense. So I want your fourth prediction before we go to my last one. Okay. Well, let me see. Um, so this is a little bit of a boring one. So sorry if I'm going to bore you and hopefully I, I i think this might be the same player you're picking maybe not um but um i'm gonna say that cal raleigh repeats 
with the second highest war on the baseball team again, on the Mariners baseball team again. So that's, that's certainly not a boring one. That's um, my favorite player. So, so he, uh, yeah. So, I mean, last year he ended up with 4.2 fan graphs, uh, wins above replacement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's going to repeat. I think fan graphs probably has fan graphs does have, I think Luis Castillo projected as the second most valuable Mariner. And it's got Cal Raleigh tied with JP Crawford and Ty France. But, um, I think Cal Raleigh's um, projection lines that he has right now, I think they're about 20 or 30 points off. Maybe I feel like he's projected for 223 average 287 on base 444 slug. Um, I certainly think that on base percentage and average are going to come up, but uh, baseball America just had an article out about the, the players that the scouts are saying are making a big, uh, you know, impression on this spring training and Cal Raleigh's on that list right now. So mm-hmm. like, um, you know, those 24 home runs he has, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up a little bit. Um, I just think that he's, uh, he's primed for a big season. I, I do concur there. Or that's, that's right. Right. Yes. I, I do agree with you. Um, I, uh, I, I love Cal Raleigh. He, he's one of my favorite players to watch. He just came out like two days ago. They did an article, I think. It was in the athletic or no, it was Yahoo sports. Um, he said that home run last season to put him in the playoffs was probably the best moment of his baseball career uh, to this point. Um, so I, I certainly love the guy watch, love watching him play um, calls a heck of a game can, you know, hits pretty well. I, I agree with you. I think he's going to be one of the most valuable ma- uh, Mariners this season. Um, I would even go further to say he's going to be in the running again um, for the silver slugger for catcher. I mean, I, I certainly not out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, he's, he's there. He's going to have a legitimate backup in Tom Murphy. Now, you know, we're not probably not going to be losing much um, when he's not catching. We might even see him play some DH this season, kind of mm-hmm. like, um, Toronto does with Alejandro Kirk and, and Danny Jansen. So um, I expect big things. I'm sure everyone else expects big things. And it sounds like you are joining the big dumper train on big things for Cal Raleigh. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm on there. I'm not leaving. Yep. Big, uh, big things for the dumper this year. Yep. Good. Okay, Bo. So my last pick it wouldn't be a true bold predictions without me saying something just completely nonsensical. Um, in my mind, maybe not, maybe not so, so much now. Um, so that's why I wanted to, to make it the last one. Um, we all know Julio is going to do big things. Julio has the ceiling he doesn't have a ceiling. Sky's the limit on that guy. Okay. Um, it could start as soon as this year. He could be getting MVP votes. If he does what he did last season and amplifies it even just a couple times more, dude's going to be getting MVP votes. Now, my bold prediction is kind of in the same vein as your first one. There's going to be two Mariners getting Cy Young votes. I think there's going to be two Mariners getting MVP votes this season. 
One of them being Julio. I, I, I certainly believe he could garner some. The second's going to be Jared Koenig. I said it. I am, I am fully aboard that train. And so help me God, I hope it doesn't go off the rails April 1st May or March 30th. So I, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm boarding that train. Wow. Wow. Let's go through the list of MVP votes last year. Shall we? Let's see. We got guys like Raphael Devers, Kyle Tucker, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Bregman. We could skip over that one. Um, <laughs> Xander Bogarts, Andres, Andres Jimenez, uh, Jose Ramirez. Those are some guys that got, you know, MVP votes last year. You think, you think you're, you think old JK is going to make it into the list this year. I told you it would not be a list without me saying one nonsensical thing that probably isn't going to come off. And one of these days, just like me picking Gonzaga every year to win the NCAA tournament, one of these days I'm going to say something nonsensical and it's going to end up being right. Wow. Wow. Okay. Okay. I, I don't think spring training was just a fluke. I think he realizes he needs to play at the level that, you know, we know he could play at. And, and, you know, Scott obviously sees something taking him out as a precautionary method today or measure today. I'm on it. I'm going to be on that train at least until the wheels come off. All right. Well, credit to you. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to wait. I think I'm going to wait a month before I dip my toe in the water, but I'll, uh, I like what I've seen so far. Um, I uh, I do like the pick. I think I, I, I two MVP votes is uh, two players that get MVP votes. I feel like is an underrated pick. There's an is a is a good bold prediction. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, maybe it's uh, maybe it's Kalenic. That would be uh, Kelnick. That is so maybe that would be uh, that'd be surprise. That'd be awesome, man. That'd be awesome. I think if I, I think I if would. if Kelnick makes a big jump forward, I think my prediction of Brian Reynolds kind of goes out the window right if, mm-hmm. if kelnick makes a big big makes a big big jump forward um we don't really need brian reynolds and then we can pocket you know all those good prospects from that so um i would love for i would love for love love for that to happen i think that that would be um you know what the mariners need a big bat like that is what the mariners have needed for a long time another guy that could kind of come in and get home runs and mm-hmm. um Kelnick and Julio back to back is, you know, what we've always kind of wanted and hoped for. Right. So, um, and, yep. and now watch, I said it, I put it out in the, in the multiverse out here, the, the universe, watch it be Cal Raleigh, be the second Mariner to get MVP votes. Just watch it happen. My boy. And I didn't predict it. So it's going to happen, but no, JK, I think is going to finally make that step. I think, Okay. If he doesn't get MVP votes, I think he at least um, makes the all-star team. Okay. All right. Well, I think hey. he's the, I think he's the, he is the key storyline to watch as soon as the season gets started. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, keep our eyes peeled. And, I like it. And we're going to, we're going to write these down for sure. And we're going to revisit them at midseason and probably, you know, close to the postseason or, potentially after the season. So um, write yours down. I'll write mine down. We will revisit as we get further down the line. So 
Sounds good. Sounds, Sounds good. good. So, well, that's it for today's today's show. Um, Bo already, you know, hit us with the trivia question, so I'm not going to ask that. I appreciate the the trivia question. I, you know, I'm a big trivia guy. So, um, you know, before we get out of here, though, you got any other uh, words of wisdom? USA Tuesday night. Let's go. Let's go. But nothing else. Nope. That's all I got. Go go Zags. Yep. Go Zags. Go Zags. Um, this is primarily primarily a baseball podcast um, that uh, has done one cracking episode. But um, you best believe that if the Zags win it all, that we are going to have an episode highlighting their season. We're going to go turn back the clocks and walk through the season that was a Gonzaga national championship. So I can see the look in Bo's face. I'm, I could tell that he's just, he's like, no, we're not doing that. So um, I'm getting um, it on record that it's going to happen. I would do it. I just don't think Gonzaga's going to win the national championship. Anyways, don't, let's continue. Do not, let's, do let's not continue. put that. Let's, do not put that bad juju out there. Do not put that bad juju out there. <laughs> you gave up five minutes into the TCU game. I digress. <laughs> I'm going to digress. I'm going to calm down before we're trying to get out of here. So <laughs> anyways, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. You know, USA all the way, but I think Japan's going to win it. So <laughs> For all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bochism, I'm Rick Clark, and we will see you guys next week. <laughs>